Hello, and welcome to the Loathsome Things podcast. I am your host, Josh, and with me is my co-host, John. That's right. I'm the host. You're the co-host. Yes. That's, you know, I'll take what I can get. Yeah. (laughs) How are you doing today, John? I'm doing well. And yourself, sir? I'm doing quite well. I'm excited about this. Uh, What are we going to be discussing today? You say the title because I suck at it, please. (laughs) Today, we are going to be discussing the 1951 alien classic, uh, The Thing from Another World. Yes, the the guy from some other place. S- the dude from elsewhere. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> it's a Western. <laughs> it kind of is a Western. <laughs> I looked up I looked up the directors and I looked up the ast- actors and uh after this it was a whole lot of westerns for these guys. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense with the era. There was a lot of a lot of goofy paranoid uh uh alien invasion movies and a bunch of westerns. Yeah. Yeah, Christian Nyby, the uh supposed director of this movie the possible uh, director yeah may or may not have directed this movie went on to direct episodes of rawhide and gunsmoke and gomer pile usmc <laughs> well garsh <laughs> <laughs> and the other probably most likely actual director of this movie um, Howard Hawks had been directing since 1926. He had directed the original Scarface. He directed Sergeant York, which explains a reference in the movie. He directed The Big Sleep. And later he would go on to direct Hatari. Oh, nice. Yes. I think I've seen that. Wow, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know that this movie is just like right, right at the XY axis of something amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Howard Hawks is uh, obviously pretty legendary in uh, Hollywood, um, and uh, yeah, apparently the the, the dialogue uh, in this film, the style, the kind of the delivery is is very much a, a Hawks hallmark. That kind of like rapid fire, wise ass kind of. I mean, I just thought that was a fifties thing, but yeah, that what you're telling me right now is surprising. I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is the fifties, and that's how people, you know, white people talk. Yeah. <laughs> Look here, fella. Yeah. Say. Nice games. <laughs> oh, God, this movie. <laughs> I um, made coffee. Anybody want any? Yeah, no. Nope. There was so much coffee in this movie. So much coffee that nobody <laughs> wanted. Yeah, no, no. It's negative 100 degrees outside. I don't want coffee. She had to force it on Scott, poor Scott every time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is, uh, what is it? This was made by RKO, which is really cool to see their old logo. This is made during Howard Hughes's control of the company, which means this was made during the downfall of RKO. (laughs) Nice. It was, uh, yeah, it was a big, uh, it was a big hit. I think it grossed around 2 million bucks or something like that. Damn. Which at the time was quite a bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, really, really amazing, um, I guess, stunt work um, and uh, a lot of neat special effects for this era. Also, lots of uh, weird sexism um, and a abnormally large cast of indistinguishable white men to to choose from. 
Yes, so much mansplaining. Yeah. <laughs> and and all of them, like, it's really hard to get a count of how many people are in there, but there was only a few of them that were actually concerned with the monster business. Yeah, the rest were just kind of doing work. Yeah, they're like, oh, those guys over in bunk 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, considering how big the facility looks from the outside, they apparently only occupy like three rooms. Yeah. <laughs> One very messy hallway and three rooms. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was based on a novella by um, but which I believe was what, 1938 yeah. uh, titled Who Goes There by the raging racist John W. Campbell. Yes, the the very important to the science fiction genre and wretched gatekeeper, John Campbell. Yes, who wrote it under the pseudonym Don A. Stewart. I don't know mm-hmm. why. Well, actually, it's funny because even though he was also a huge sexist, that uh, that last name is actually his wife's maiden name that huh. he adopted for uh, for the pseudonym purposes. Huh, interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah it's uh, – I mean, it's a great novella. It's uh, – I mean, it's a novella. So it's pretty short. Um, the <clears throat> the creature is portrayed, for those that are familiar with the John Carpenter version or his take of the thing, uh, the the creature in the novella is is probably more in line, at least philosophically, I guess you could say, with, with what they had. It's more of a shapeshifter and um, – you know, not a hulking Frankenstein vegetable. Yep. Yeah. So, so this is an adaptation of that short story, which would later be adapted again by John Carpenter in the thing. He even used the really awesome, uh, uh, like cover lettering for this movie. Yeah. That was really Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't made that connection before. Um, so yeah, this is, this is the earlier version of the major sci-fi horror masterpiece, John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. It's funny because in, uh, in the film Halloween, uh, you know, which was his first, at least first Hollywood film, uh, it, uh, there's a scene where the kids are watching TV and in the house are being babysat by, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character and they that movie comes on and you see that title bleed in with the the thing lettering and uh it's funny because he wasn't originally uh picked to do that project it was I think they had originally hired Toby Hooper to do it oh. um, the poltergeist Texas Chainsaw Massacre Salem's Lot guy uh but they didn't like his interpretation of the story so they canned him apparently Wow. And they went through, yeah, and they went through some other potential people and they ended up with uh, Carpenter, who was interested because he was a big fan of the original film. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this movie. I had uh, recommended this one because uh, this was a movie that my dad saw when he was about, I guess he would have been 11 when this movie came out. And he said it scared the daylights out of him when he was a kid. And my, my dad, my dad always has had a way of like, uh, making things that, that he thinks are cool sound really epic. And so (laughs) he had really, really sold this, this story to me when I was a kid, because it was good. The movie was going to be on, uh, TV. And so we watched it together, but he had already hyped it, you know, so much that, you know, I was, I was like completely ready to go before the movie even started. And, there's moments that we'll get into as we talk about the film that, you know, there's one moment in particular that he just kept talking about. So um, 
it was it's really cool for me to be able to do this one because it was kind of one of the first horror movies that I remember watching like uh intentionally I guess you could say instead of something just being on wow that's awesome yeah and I was uh I was younger than he was uh but I remember it scared the hell out of me <laughs> yeah oh yeah I mean I'm I'm an adultish person and this movie scared the shit out of me like wow <laughs> It's, it's, poor stuntman. Yeah, it's I know. It's oddly effective for, yeah. for what it is. It's it's simple. I mean, the way it's done was pretty simple. They shot uh partially in Anchorage uh for the scenes where they're technically in Anchorage. And then the rest of it was shot apparently on a set that they built on a um at an ice storage facility. Yeah, that's <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> Kind of to get that that exorcist film in a cold room effect. Yeah, man, that'd be that'd be a nice office space, though. You'd never have to worry about it getting too hot in there. Yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> forty degrees. That must be fun working in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's that's um, no spoilers. Um, it's a uh, it's a pretty great movie. It's an important movie in the history of horror, especially the history of science fiction horror. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's available all around the place. Um, I also saw it on television for the first time. So it's just, it's just out there. If you have cable, it's probably on some ratty channel. Uh, but it's also all over the internet and stuff. You can find it and you can watch it and you can enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun and, uh, it, it, yeah, it plays into a lot of the themes that were popular in the fifties. It was, you know, the post post-war era, post-nuclear war era. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's this kind of, this, this kind of like, uh, constant ribbing that they give, uh, to science or the guy that represents science in the film, you know, as if, as if these are people that we really can't trust. You know? Yeah. Which I thought was funny. Yeah. 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 The, the, uh, the play there is, um, these scientists shouldn't meddle with things that are beyond them. Whereas the military, <laughs> yeah, they're doing just fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good to go there. Yeah. At least we've got these military guys to keep the scientists in line. Yeah. Because if there's one thing we know, it's that science can't be trusted and the military will take care of everything. Yes. That's what we all took away from the end of World War II. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Some people have said that the, the 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 movie is supposed to be kind of a a take on this fear of the red menace, and that you know the the creature represents uh, <clears throat> the creature represents this like you know a threat from within. Almost, it's something that you know is the, something that they can kind of blend in was the the argument I read, but there's nothing blendy in about this, about this uh, alien. So I, I don't know. I don't know how on the mark that was. I do think it kind of plays with the, the fear of communism and, you know, the, that, that trumped up nonsense that was so popular back in the fifties. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot going on there, even at the, well, we'll, we'll get to summarizing it, but yeah, yeah for there's, sure. there's things. Yes. Uh, and well, of course we will spoil it. 
Oh yeah, we'll we'll spoil it. So go watch it before we spoil it. Uh, did you have anything you wanted to say before we start? Did we move to spoilers? No, I would just add the same thing that you know, go watch it. It's like eighty-seven minutes. It's it's not exactly like a you know super challenging watch like uh, like say uh, the Empty Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, although I mean, the Empty Man's not difficult to watch. It's just very long. Yeah, in well, in the in the uh, in the realm of movies that you should watch when you're high, the Empty Man's not one of those. This one, <laughs> yeah. have at it, go yeah. at it, dude. Yeah, you're get, fine. Just get baked. <laughs> yeah, get some munchies and check it out. Yeah, whoa, <laughs> whoa. whoa. <laughs> All right, so go watch it and uh, then come back and listen to the rest of this podcast. Yep. Oh, welcome back to this podcast. Where well, we we're now- back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> John, do you have any spoilers for us? Um, uh, yeah, let's see. I have a spoiler. Uh, a couple guys die. A couple guys die and everything is on fire. Carrot <laughs> vampire. Yeah. Carrot top, the original horror. <laughs> Pre-Trump, Trumpy menace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. This movie is crazy crazy at points at other points it's at other points it is honestly boring yeah but uh but uh that i guess that's just if if the um jabbing back and forth comedy doesn't really get you yeah yeah the jabbing back and forth comedy and the bizarre like pacific northwest camping lodge look of most of the sets (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like what is this twin peaks (laughs) it's very strange yeah um and as short as it is, it really feels like they're whole. Oh, this could have been a short film. Yeah, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of stuff that nothing is happening in. Yeah, for instance, yeah, the novella is uh, pretty short, and then this film is considerably longer. And then you and I, <laughs> <laughs> to extrapolate, yeah. will exponentially expand the. Uh, <laughs> The length of time that, that we discuss it. At least 187 minutes. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how does this movie start? This movie starts uh, at a military base? Yeah, it starts in uh, the this military base. Well, it starts in the, at the officer's club in Anchorage, Alaska. Mm-hmm. We kind of see the camera pan up. It's It's super snowy. Uh, this dude walks in, super tall guy. Uh, this guy Scotty. is Scotty. He's a he's a reporter who, yeah. if I remember correctly, has heard heard tale that there's something worth looking into up there or some nonsense like that. Yeah, he needs a story. Is what's going on. He he uh, he's got to he's got to get the scoop. Yeah, not a lot going on in, in uh, Anchorage. Yeah, and he prefers winter. warm weather. Yeah, he performs warm weather, so he's in Anchorage (laughs) in the winter. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, some Air Force guys is playing cards. Yeah, they're playing cards in the in the lodge. And uh, there's a lot of people playing games and stuff in this movie. There's later there's a scene where a bunch of guys are just sitting around playing chess. (laughs) So, yeah, he he goes and joins them and it's. uh, uh, let's see there. He meets Ned and uh, some other military dudes, and they're all chatting about this North Pole mission and the, that something has crashed. There's a crash site up there. Yep. Yep. And uh, and there's also a captain guy. 
Yeah, there's a captain guy who uh, I believe is named Pat Patrick Henry, Pat Hendry. Oh. And uh, so he's there and there's some other dorks sitting around the table and they're talking about this guy up in, up in this base up at the North Pole, Dr. Carrington, who uh, has sent is going to send a mission out to kind of investigate this crash site so they can, uh, you know, figure out what the fuck's going on up there. Yep. Yep. Uh, we also get our, our early goings of ribaldry because we found out that only dames can fool the captain. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the the first instance of misogyny, not the last. Yeah, it. Uh, there's this whole thing going back and forth about uh, some some woman and the captain, and it's all very hilarious if you know what's going on, which the the newspaper man doesn't. Yeah, and um, he says that uh, he he wishes he could get a uh, what is it like a co-pilot and a navigator that are at least dry behind the ears, mm-hmm. which I had to look up. Apparently, that is a reference to. Uh, birthing like baby cows and sheep and shit because they're literally wet behind the ears when they come out of the larger creature. They're soaked in baby juice. Yep. Yep. So I learned a thing. That's pretty cool. Um, Then after a while of them telling various uh, jokes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the captain gets summoned away through the PA system. Uh, and, uh, they think that that's pretty cool. It's like back in the good old days of the war. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Captain Henry, you've got a call. (laughs) Um, so he has to go to a, uh, apparently the one room sized building that the general or whatever is in. Yeah. Uh, there's a door that is just directly beyond his desk. And so every time someone opens the door, he gets to yell, close the door. (laughs) Close the door there, fella. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And uh, he explains that, you know, they've had this weird crash and he's sending him in there. uh, Take dogs with you um, because of whatever reasons and uh, uh, go, go figure it all out. Bring, bring that newspaper man with you. Yeah. Bring Scotty, that really tall guy. Yeah. <laughs> and Scotty, I like I like Scotty's evolution in this movie because at the beginning, he's like, aren't I a guest? And then as the movie goes on, he's like directly involved in everything. <laughs> yeah. Scotty, I, he kind of plays like he's our eyes and ears. But if our eyes and ears were on, a, on top of a guy who was a total <laughs> ass. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe not on top of, but attached to. Yeah, I think I think he's the prototype for Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> That's right. Misa gets stories. Huh? <laughs> oh God! So so they all load up in an airplane. Um, they even even on the airplane, there's weird humor because there's the guy at the base that's in charge of the radio. And he's like, oh, yeah, you think you're close, but actually, you know, check your uh, settings and look, there's like weird magnetic activity and you're you're actually like 18 degrees off. And he says that he'll leave the line open so that they can like hone in on the line. And he was like, would you like me to just leave it open or would you like me to sing to you? <laughs> And they're like, just leave the light open. And he was like, oh, shucks. And he gets sad about it. Gee, Willikas. Aw. 
Yeah, that was that was that was a little odd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're just chatting away. They and then they get a message from the the base, the North Pole base, about some sort of a disturbance, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And they uh, then the 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 base comes into view and uh, they land. I can't remember if there's any any other hijinks on the plane before they land. Uh, there's, oh, there's, uh, coffee, coffee is served, um, and, and they, they squeeze as many people's faces into the cockpit next to each other as possible. Yes. It's a real sausage factory in there. It's, it's, you're really seeing how it gets made. It's weird. (laughs) Wow. Could maybe just like five of you guys fuck off or could you? Just like back up there are windows along the side of this thing. Jesus Christ. We're literally fogging windows at the North Pole. <laughs> oh, it's so weird. They're like, I wanted the shot. <laughs> just a just a whole group of faceless, nameless people. Yep. Um, and the dogs are in there uh, in there with them in the main part of the airplane, which I thought was funny because then when they land, you see a large number of indistinguishable white men milling about, but there are no dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so right. I guess they're just like, yeah, leave them in the plane. Fuck <laughs> we'll the dogs. Window open. <laughs> that's right. They'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> So they they get there. There's all kinds of people. They meet and meet and greet people. There's uh, uh, another woman there, not not the main woman that we'll get to soon, but just some other lady who's there occasionally in the scenes. Yeah, and then we never see her like again for any consequence, really. Yeah, yeah, it's she's weird. Just not involved in the action. And yeah, there's there's like dozens of people at this place, but whenever it comes to like action shots, there's maybe eight. Yeah, which makes you wonder how many guys at the base never even knew that this any of this happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, I really like the idea that the thing is just like, I'm going to menace these ones. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, which is super intelligent, apparently. Yeah. yeah. The most intelligent, uh, like super superior to humankind, uh, mostly just eats dogs. <laughs> and moans a lot. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and wears a really cool suit. <laughs> yeah. Neat hands guy. <laughs> Captain Thorny hands. <laughs> uh, so let's see. They, they meet all of the people. There's a lot of them. I did not bother with names. I don't think if you're watching this movie that you really have to bother with names yeah. uh, because a lot of them don't matter. <laughs> it won't make a difference. It won't. There's Scotty, Pat Hendry, Nikki, the lady, uh, and uh, Dr. Carrington. And that those are really the only names you need to know. Yeah. Dr. Carrington, very uh, distinguishable from the rest because he looks like a uh, like a space adventure villain. Like all he's missing is the Dracula cape and a, a dramatic helmet and a ray gun. Yeah. And in no way at all does he <laughs> look like Vladimir Lenin. <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> not even a little bit. Nope. Not some sort of famous communist guy. <laughs> nope. And and also in no way whatsoever is his hair fakely white. <laughs> yeah. And like slicked <laughs> real neat ways. <laughs> he's he's like 30, but they're trying to make him look like this distinguished uh 
a gentleman. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. He went on to be in a lot of Christian Nyby's television shows. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess they got along real good. He's, uh, I, I pretty much hate him, which is kind of the <laughs> point. I mean, I think you're supposed to. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I mean, because he makes, he's really the only person in the place that, that makes any sense at times. Mm-hmm. But- but the way they present him, he's just a complete asshole, and you just want him to shut up. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he is um, he oscillates between making valid scientific points and being a science villain. Yeah, launching into big speech. Maybe if he wasn't so fucking speechy all the time. Yeah, he's very speechy. <laughs> we must do this for the betterment of man. It's like, yeah. dude, shut the fuck up. For the human brain. <laughs> Go tend your garden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, he's great. <laughs> <laughs> the secret alternative bad guy of this movie. Yeah. Um, let's so, see. Yeah. Henry, uh, Henry heads off the yeah. kind of the military captain guy to go see Carrington. And on his way, he, he goes, walks into this room and, and there's Nikki, the, mm-hmm. the base hottie. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, Yep. Yeah, I put yeah. my note here was after watching a little bit of their interaction I put I believes they like to bone. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but we do get to see their first ever kiss. So this whole thing that's going on is just uh I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. They have so- they obviously have some sort of a past. Um they make some some sexual innuendo. There's even one of those, you know, like the 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 shaft, he's a bad, mo- shut your mouth. Like somebody cuts you off right before you say something you're not supposed to. Yep. It's like, oh, you mean maybe later we can, let me tell you something. <laughs> what the hell? Yep. Yeah, we, we get we get a little bit about them after he like physically menaces her by like, by acting like he's going to be violent and she like withdraws a little. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very uncomfortable scene, but it, eventually it turns into, ah, oh, gee. And they just talk about it. Apparently like he got real drunk and handsy like an octopus. Yeah. And uh, then after he passed out, she left a note saying that she was leaving on his chest <laughs> out, out where everyone else could see it. And like, that's why the people at the base were all making fun of him. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> She's kind of a badass. Yeah. I actually really liked her character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she, she even like has the idea of how to defeat the thing. And uh, she's pretty great, pretty great yeah. character. Him, yeah. not so much. Although no. it it was good once he stopped being all menacing and was like, "Oh, really? Am I that much of an asshole?" Gee, and he is pretty pragmatic. I do like the way he kind of shuts the scientists' stupid ideas down. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, th- there is there is the worst idea that happens later, and I had a really hard time telling whose idea it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but we'll get to that. <laughs> just rest assured terrible idea yeah i guess i guess it's really hard to say which idea in this movie <laughs> is the worst but all of them all of them involve things that are combustible if if <laughs> if for instance they had cho- chosen to make their base the bad idea station <laughs> there there would be so many to choose from yeah <laughs> Okay. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, so Pat, Pat Hendry, whatever he uh, he goes to the lab and meets up with Doctor Carrington, the the mad scientist mm-hmm. who has terrible hair, yeah. and <laughs> he uh, and then Nikki's there, and they they start talking about the crash, quote unquote, and uh, she he. Carrington recommends or suggests that Nikki read from his notes to kind of give them an idea of, you know, what the fuck they're dealing with and trying to remember what the notes say. I mean, he's, he's basically talking about, you know, some of the attributes of the crash site and some of the readings that they're getting. Um, like the, the, I think it was that the, the Geiger counter goes haywire or something. And yeah, the Geiger counter, it's, it's also messing with a lot of the other instruments including um like the radios like just just everything's going all nutty yeah that they've detected a large amount of some sort of metal that they mm-hmm. can't identify or something oh yeah that's right it was it was it was like uh like way too many tons of steel had all of a sudden been deposited like that's okay. why the the um uh like compasses are all going haywire like oh the, it's right the displacement and that's right they're talking about it all scientifically and the captain's just like huh oh yeah that's right he's like are you gonna speak english at any point or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how do you figure that like it's so technical there's a lot of metal and it's fucking with our compasses yeah he, he's like he, look here doctor <laughs> give it to me straight <laughs> Get out of here with all that flim flam. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that that, those notes were not that technical. Yeah, it it is fun because at the beginning, he's like trying. He's like, "Eh, maybe that sounds like a meteor. And they're like, yeah, except here. We also like caught this awesome video of it zigzagging back and forth. And he's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And here at this point, it starts to move upward. Yeah. Meteors don't go up. Yeah. Oh, you say. Uh, and so then they they all head out to the uh, crash site where there's a, a dark spot in the snow and mm-hmm. like a little metal dick poking out. Yeah. Um, and 48 they, miles away, by the way. Oh, it's really? Yeah, that's what they kept saying. <laughs> yeah, they just uh, they just traverse that. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, they have this like this goofy like countdown to the crash site. Like we should be over the crash site in 10 Nine. Coffee. <laughs> and then, of course, when they, <laughs> when they get there, everyone on the plane can see it. There yeah. really was no need for the countdown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's that giant skillet-shaped thing. Okay, yeah. Okay. A flying skillet. Nice. That, that circular manta ray under the ice there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they all get out and they, like, start you know, describing the thing that they can see through the ice that we can't see through the ice, which Mm -hmm. is uh, a neat little trick, you know, effective. It's also weird because uh, they, they, uh, they spread out like everyone stand at the edges of it. And we can obviously see that the dark shape underneath them is much bigger than where they are. I know that was so funny. (laughs) It was like, Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. But that's, uh, that's a really famous scene. And that, that was the scene that my, one of the scenes that my dad, kept sawing to me like they just keep spreading out and it just they just it gets bigger and bigger and i'm like i watched every time i watch the movie i'm like they don't keep spreading out and it doesn't get, get, keep getting bigger and bigger yeah 
In fact, they don't even cover the whole size of the thing. It's very strange. Strange choice. Ah, here we are. These are the boundaries here, except for that bl- shape of metal circle behind us that we didn't quite reach. <laughs> uh, I guess the darkness could be caused by like the the melt and the water underneath. So it could just be that the the dark is water and what they're seeing is different from what we're seeing. That's true. But, and th- I like their idea that the the heat from the engines melted the ice and that's why it went like up, up down under and then once the engines went off that you know it froze over again. So that's why it's, you know, submerged like that. Yep, yep. And also like the fact that there's the giant skillet handle part is because that was part of its slide in. <laughs> yeah. But. And then so they, yeah, once they get there, there, there's the, I forget which guy it is, but they, they make sure that they have this guy say this many times. Holy cats. <laughs> it's got to be the newspaper, man. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Holy cats. He's super into it. Uh, and once they, once they spread out, of course, they, they see that the way that they are shaped is a circle. It's like a circle. And someone says, we finally found a flying saucer. That's right. And they, so it's some sort of, they, they figure out that it's some sort of unknown metal. They go, what do they say? Go get tools. Yeah. Yeah. They want, they want to take filings from the, the, the metal, you know, tent pole sticking out of the fucking ice. Oh, that's right. So they can figure out what the metal is. That's yeah. yeah. So a guy's over there just doing scrapings and coming to conclusions about it. Ain't no kind of metal I ever seen. That's right. And then they decide that what they're going to do is they're they're going to magically raise the ship by blowing up the entire site with thermite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the great idea is let's blow the shit. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll cover the entire crash site with thermite. Yeah. And then when we detonate the thermite... In no way will the ship be completely destroyed. No, it'll just melt the ice. <laughs> and then we'll have access to all this great tech. I don't know. <laughs> it's, 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 it's amazing. It's a great choice. You know, it's a standard procedure. Yeah. I don't know whose idea was it. Could you tell? I can't remember whose idea it was. I just know that once they do it, because of course they detonate the thermite and then it causes a massive explosion yeah. completely demolishes the ship and then that 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 becomes like a running joke throughout the movie yeah yeah they 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 blow it up after the initial explosion then it turns out that the ship has like caught on fire and then the engines explode the whole thing blowed up uh not in any way disrupting the thin sheet of ice above yeah, that's right. Just just underneath parts. Um, but yeah, they completely ruin mankind's single most significant discovery of the second 50 years of the 20th century. <laughs> but oh, guess what? Yeah. Some sort of enormous, as they describe it, eight foot tall figure is frozen in the ice. Yeah, he made it out of the explosion into the not frozen water quickly refroze <laughs> very quickly refroze and is now clearly visible <laughs> from the surface you can see all the way from his head to his feet to his weird carrot dick <laughs> because as opposed to a normal carrot dick yeah <laughs> yeah 
his normal carrot top dick. <laughs> That's right. So the, so of course they come up with the idea, let's let's dig it out <laughs> in one giant block of ice. <laughs> and then we'll we'll have the dogs drag it 48 miles back. Well, I guess they probably put it on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. I don't really know. Don't really they, remember. Yeah. But, uh, but they, they do, they drag it back and it, they bring it in down into a door. Uh, and it looks like the world's largest Twinkie. Um, it's, uh, it's huge. I wouldn't say it's eight feet long though, no, but it's you not. Know, it's really not. It's not, but you know, it's the fifties. Maybe all of these people were really short. Yeah, that's good. That could be at some point. At some point, they get they get some message or some radio message from their like command post, wherever the fuck that is. Military doesn't want them, doesn't want Scotty reporting on anything, of course, because, you know, they don't want to cause a panic. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I think it's hilarious that this uh, this uh, spaceship is supposed to be made of technology beyond our possible reckoning yeah but uh a little bit of explosive just ruins the whole thing <laughs> yeah i wondered if it was I, they were trying to imply that it was like booby trapped or something but oh. not really because they always say that they blew it up yeah we blew the shit out of it because america and there's always there's always these they keep getting like reminded from the military command you know please protect ship at all costs <laughs> you <know>? yeah <laughs> we we would really like to have one of those so I, I I forget what they were saying, but for whatever reason, I I, I wrote down the line here: bunch of fucking comedians because they're all just cracking jokes constantly. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, so they much. do. Oh sorry, go ahead. Oh no no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say yeah. The, they the they put the block in the plane, so the plane lands and they they bust it out, and uh, then the, one of the guys says, "I pulled one boner out on the ice." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> let's let's not do it again. <laughs> yeah, that was quite the boner. Yeah. Oops, <laughs> oops, we ruined the movie. <laughs> oh my god! Um, at this point, we uh, we hear about orders from HQ, and so now there's tension between military orders and scientific inquiry. Um, they they uh, the scientists want to dig the creature out of the giant block of ice and study it. Whereas the military people are like, "Mm, no. Yeah. They want to keep it frozen until they get further directions from their commanding officers to avoid a second boner. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And then we get this like huge speech about alien germs and the danger of infection, you know, possible infection from unknown microbes or whatever. Yeah. Aliens are dirty. Yeah, which goes nowhere, by the way. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and then there's some sort of a breakdown in communications. So they're not able to, um, you know, get like communicate back and forth with, you know, which doesn't happen again for some reason. I didn't understand that either. Well, I think it's there's the big storm coming in and uh, probably a nor'eastern. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that's part of the thing is that he was supposed to be able to get up there and get back before it came through, but then it started coming through and that mixed with, you know, probably the crazy alien technology exploding is, you know, fucking with everything. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and and later it gets so bad that they can only spend a half hour outside without dying. Yeah, that's right. Because it's because it's even though the skies are clearly sunny in the d- distance, there's a terrible snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and so, so all of that's going on. Uh, meanwhile, he decides to go have a drink with Nikki. Yeah. Uh, a drink that starts, it starts with jokes about him, them tying up his hands. Yeah, that was weird. So she like ties, she ties him up with his hands behind him at, while he, as he's sitting at the chair, but then he just pops right out of it because mm-hmm. I guess apparently she doesn't know how to tie somebody up. Well, and he's like such a, uh you know, masculine figure that he's such know. a knave. Yeah. <laughs> he was just, he was just fooling the whole time. Uh, so he's pretending to have his hands tied behind his back. They're talking. She's, she says something about uh, how she's worried that this is going to mean that, you know, boogeymen from space are going to be popping in to say hello all the time. And are we going to have to, you know, go, do return visits to be nice to them? And, um, it's weird and they're drinking and then he's like, ah, I tricked you. I, my hands aren't tied up and they kiss. <laughs> there's yeah. There's a bunch of smooching going on. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and it, it's all very whatever. And then it moves. Uh, they've been doing, um, they work out shifts of who's going to sit with the thing. Yeah. Uh, we get a really cool shot through the ice of, um, of the monster that's hidden in the giant block of ice. And mm-hmm. it looks really cool. Yeah. And it's a big shame that that's not what the actual monster looks like when it's walking around, because what was in that ice looked really cool. And what comes out is basically just a leftover Frankenstein with different hands. Yeah. Imagine Frankenstein with thorny hands. If he was a member of Devo, <laughs> That's that's essentially what we're talking about here. Yeah. I mean, apparently they put a lot of things into it, like the 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 headpiece that the guy's wearing for the for the the thing. They had Mm -hmm. uh, fake veins with water running through it, like pumping to make them like bulge and stuff. Really? Yeah. Like they they put a lot of work into it. I guess maybe it like looked way more impressive on the big screen or something, but uh, they, they threw a lot in there. Uh, they probably opted to not show him too much to make him more scary. Yeah. But who, by the way, the, the thing is uh, portrayed by James Arness from Gunsmoke. Yep. Yep. Which Except is for one scene in which it's Tom Steele. Oh, is that right? Yep. What the hell's Tom Steele? Tom Steele, famous stuntman. Famously. Uh, uh, oh. Yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so they they leave this doofus on on watch and uh with this clearly not an actual block of ice because apparently when they were chipping out the block of ice they the they left the entire surface of it covered with these weird curvy shapes <laughs> and uh, i love how, like someone knocks on it at one point and you can hear that it's made out of plastic it was great <laughs> yep um and so they change shifts. Uh, one guy's done guarding the block of ice. Another guy goes on and he's so freaked out by looking at the thing through the ice that he throws a nearby blanket on it. And earlier in the movie, we'd found out that they had a, an electric blanket in there to help people keep warm because it's <laughs> cold. Uh, 
cold. And it turns out that what he threw on over the ice is that electric blanket. Yeah, apparently, apparently nobody told him there was an electric blanket in the freezing cold room. Yeah, he just picked it up. It felt like a normal blanket, not plugged in or anything. <laughs> Although totally plugged in and yeah. very warm. Yeah, very hot. <laughs> Burning his hands, um, plugged in the same texture as a normal blanket. Throw that over there. <laughs> Jeez. And so uh, <laughs> he then proceeds to fall asleep. We yeah. see that the ice block is melting. And at a certain point, uh, a, a shadow uh, eclipses him. Mm-hmm. And he wakes up and just starts shooting. <laughs> Yep, starts shooting, but we don't see what he's shooting at. Yep, yep, and then, classic. Yeah, and then the the dogs are freaking out outside, and uh, he uh, <clears throat> he. Let's see, do they show? I'm trying to remember what like how the how the course. Of, I remember. I'm just trying to remember. I like the part where they show the half melted block of ice with the imprint of the creature's body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, that that's coming. It's uh, he goes he goes. Uh, He's freaking out and he's telling everyone and they're like, what? What's going on? None of us heard gunshots. Um, They're just and he's trying to recount what he saw, but he's freaking out. And so, of course, they splash water in his face like you do. That's right. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And uh, a hold of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then he he, once they figure out what's going on, they they go in there. They see the the melted spot where the thing was. And then I think that's. it's it's run out and is that whenever it is outside fighting dogs yeah the 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 door blows open at at some point and then the next thing you know you see the thing out there like just <laughs> making short work of the dogs yeah just he's got one that he's like spinning around in the air it's like a towel fight yeah, with there's, dogs. <laughs> there's one dog in the foreground of the shot, an actual dog that's, you know, like there and not having a good time. Like, obviously, like, uh, what? <laughs> what the hell am I doing here? Can we go? <laughs> Why is that idiot whipping a fake dog around? <laughs> yeah. I'm not scared, but I am nervous. <laughs> So it kills kills some of the dogs and the yep. guys run out there they they chase the chase the creature away and then they discover that its arm was bitten off. Yeah, dogs like it looks like he killed two of them and one of them was badass enough to rip his forearm off. Yeah. So they they take the arm and bring it in so that Dr. Carrington can uh, take a look at it. Yep. And it's a pretty cool arm. It's a, uh, you know, like monster claw with thorns that like point backwards towards the rest of the arm. It's it's pretty neat looking. Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they they like have it on a table. They're poking at it. Most of the time you don't see it. But uh, but it's they have a whole conversation. Um, you find out that it's not uh, it's not animal tissue. It's vegetable tissue. That's mm-hmm. when they start talking carrot talk. Yeah, he calls it a super carrot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like basically uh, they're like, oh, a super carrot. He's like, yes, a carrot that built a spacecraft capable of, you know, traveling millions of miles to get here. That's oh, so great. Aww. No pain, <laughs> no pleasure, no heart. That's true. That's true. And, uh, the, I think it's the newspaperman, Scotty, is uh, says, <laughs> now look here. 
And he's like, he says, I forget how he phrased it, what it is, but he's like, I think you're, I'm not saying that your theory is stuffed full of wild blueberry muffins, but our readers might. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, it's just another, it's it's really just another excuse for Carrington to give another one of his dumb speeches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the the one that you were talking about, no pain or pleasure, no emotions, no heart, superior in every way. It has a huge dick. <laughs> it is massive. It just tastes good. <laughs> oh my god. And uh we find they, they explain that uh in the palms of its hands are seed pods and they're That's like, right. "Ooh, neat." Yeah, pretty cool idea. Yeah. Um, very and, gross. Yeah. And uh, then while they're standing around talking about it, it starts twitching and moving. They talk about it coming back to life and how it has uh, ingested the blood it was coated in. Just That's like right. through its skin. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like absorbs blood. It, so it's a vampire carrot. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then someone says, like, we need to do something about it before someone makes salad of out of him or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah. Um, and then they they decide to go head over to the greenhouse. Uh to oh no, they're they're looking in all the rooms, right? Yeah, they do like a quick search for it. A couple guys go outside, but they don't find they don't really find anything. Yeah, yeah, and then the, they get they get word from the command, and this is where they they're you know they're starting to get badgered by the by the military command that want they want answers from uh, Captain Hendry, and uh, they want you know info about the ship and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, this dude busts in, and he's injured. And that's right. Yeah, he's like greenhouse. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's where we find out that the door to the greenhouse is locked because Eskimos have a weakness for our strawberries. <laughs> that's right. It's like, oh, good. Just just throw in some weird Eskimo racism in here. Great. Yeah. Just in case anybody thought that we weren't going to be racist. Yeah. Don't worry. There's at least Eskimos around. <laughs> that's we, we found some brown people. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. I know. <laughs> so it, it turns out that the, the thing has killed whoever the fuck Olsen and Auerbach are. Mm-hmm. He's killed them and hanged them from the ceiling from their ankles. Yeah. And uh, sadly, we don't get to see that. I know. That yeah. would have been great. That would probably have been great. <laughs> yes. So the boys, as I call the group, <laughs> get a bunch of guns and go... Go try to. They go to the greenhouse and they're all whispery. Let's mm-hmm. okay. Let's uh, um, somewhere in here. I think it's it's the uh, I think it's Scotty the newspaperman says. Uh, uh, so <laughs> you people misplaced a flying saucer and an alien all in one day and refers to them as a bunch of butterfingers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Ooh, it hurt. <laughs> burn. I wish I had some butter for that burn. <laughs> oh my God. 
so they yeah so they're all huddled at the door whispering and then they you know and then when they're ready they they pop the door open real fast and <gasps> there's the thing <laughs> yep <laughs> he's huge he fills the entire doorway i don't think he's eight feet tall no, no, not quite eight feet tall. Maybe, maybe with that little headroom. I think the actor's like six foot seven. <laughs> yeah, he's huge. Yeah. And they probably gave him platform shoes, but he still fits in the doorway. Yeah. Yep. So uh, they, yeah, they freak the fuck out as one would do and slam the door closed and uh, start shooting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I loved that scene because they like shoot the door no bullet holes are made, but then it cuts back because uh, they're like trying to get stuff to brace the door. And whenever the door pans, uh, whenever the camera pans back to the door, now there are bullet holes in it. I thought that was great. Yeah, there's like this huge line of machine gun bullets. Yeah. Bullet holes. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> it's those magically spreading bullet holes. Yeah. And and this is the one where uh, where the the Scotty the newspaper bit is just like completely involved in barricading that door. Like he's out getting wood. He at the end of the scene, it's like he's got he's got nails sticking out of his mouth, and he's been like hammering everything in while everyone else stands around. <laughs> That's right. Typical typical group of dudes. Yep. <laughs> hey, you got that? You good? Yep. <laughs> And uh, I think this is this is b- before this we saw the scientists hatching a plan, uh, like talking about how they want to like undermine the military because we have to protect the scientific discovery or something. Oh, that's right. That science science must prevail over the folly of man or yeah. whatever. Yeah, they uh, they had found the uh, the dead dog in the hamper in the green room, and. Um, realize that it it lives off blood and that's where they hatch a plan to uh to do some cool stuff with seeds that's right let's put the dog back in the hamper (laughs) yeah (laughs) completely drained of blood yep yeah that's right yep um guys are all jerks (laughs) yeah uh and yeah he has like this whole like only science can get the job (laughs) done speech but science is tired And so he has to, like, have the lady read from his notes because he's too tired to talk about it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, and and then later we get to the the another awesome scene where uh, we find uh, or no, this is before everyone else does it. It's the scientist talking about it. And he shows them his little like hydroponics bay. Yeah. With uh, where he's planted the seeds and watered them with uh, extra uh uh, blood like they have like uh, replacement Milk bottles full of yeah. blood yeah and so you see all of these crazy uh, pod people style little plants that are pulsating like they're breathing or heartbeats and even shows he's like look see these plants that are farther away from the blood aren't as big as these plants that are real close to the blood yeah that was really gross yeah it was a really good scene it was yeah. like what a cool little practical effect I did like the alien uh, hand seed blood garden. That was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely a, a highlight moment. Like they probably spent a good bit of their budget on on that neat little little prop. Yeah, that was a cool effect. Yep. Um, and so uh, 
So they realize, you know, that's obviously what's been going on in the green room is because he killed those two scientists and hung them upside down is he's planted his own hand seeds in the green room, in the greenhouse, and is uh, dripping those people blood all over him. Yeah, they also realize that he's able to regenerate himself. And I, I think they mentioned at that point that they had noticed that his arm had grown back already or something. Oh, like yeah, that. that's right. That's right. And, oh, and then there's the <laughs> there's the part – Go get a stethoscope and listen to them. <laughs> it's like the guy puts the stethoscope up to the little plant pods, and if, they don't even let you hear what he hears, which I thought was lame. Yeah, yeah, it would have been cool if we could hear it because what he describes it as, uh, oh, what is it? I've got it written down. Uh, they sound like the wail of a newborn child that's hungry. <laughs> it's so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, super intelligent. Yeah. And to that evil scientist says, that's exactly how I would describe it. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. <laughs> and uh, so in the meantime, Captain Captain Military Man realizes that even though, like, on his last run up here, he'd brought a bunch of extra blood for people, that he noticed that the the one scientist that was hurt has been given, instead of using that extra blood, is being given, like, live transfusions. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, where's all the blood going? And so he, uh, <laughs> what is it? He goes in there. He, uh, the, uh, Nikki doesn't stop him from reading the notes, and he figures it out, and then he sees all of this stuff is going on. Um, and then there's another, you know, sequence of the military wants to destroy it. Science wants to study it. And then orders come in and say, no, we must preserve it. That's right. Yep. But they decide that they're going to they're going to torch it. Yeah, because because human lives, their own human lives are important. And uh, Nikki comes up there like, well, how do you how do you kill a thing that you can't just shoot with bullets? And she was like, well, it's a vegetable so you can boil it. That's right. How do you? That's right. How do you? How do you deal with a vegetable or something? Yeah. Uh, As boil a man. it, <laughs> bake it, roast it. Like say coffee. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yep. She is. She is here to look good, serve coffee, and have ideas about cooking. <laughs> That's right. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, so someone, I think the newspaper managers were like, well, could you borrow a flamethrower from someone? And then they realized that they have uh, crap tons of kerosene just laying around. Yeah, it's just everywhere. They have the world's entire backlog of kerosene available to them. <laughs> Thousands of gallons of kerosene. And they hatch a plan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's. Let's think this one through. It should be totally safe. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Here's here's a mattress to hide behind. <laughs> so oh they come up with this plan where they're going to lure the thing into a room and then douse it in kerosene and then hit it with a flare gun and then just keep going. And then everything is good. Yeah. <laughs> then everything will be fine. So they they set up the room. They have it. There are just like buckets and pails of kerosene everywhere. <laughs> and they're all in there. Well, by all, I mean like 
eight people. I don't know where everyone else is, but of uh, of course, it is very important for Nikki to be in there while all of this is going on. <laughs> yeah, um, for no reason. And so they give her a, a real piece of shit mattress. They're like, here, hide behind this mattress. And I think her job is to turn the lights out or something. Yeah, that's her job is to man the light switch yeah. and hide behind a, a stiff sleeping bag, essentially. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is where we, uh, one of them has a gun, uh, uh, out of all of these military personnel, one of them has a gun and the newspaper man says, Hey, do you know how to use that thing? <laughs> and he, that's whenever he references Sergeant York, uh, he's like, I saw Gary Cooper in Sergeant York. That's right. That's a reference to Mr. Hawks's big deal movie. That's that's right. Nice little nod there. Yeah. So the thing comes in. And they douse him with kerosene. Mm-hmm. They hit him with the with the, with the flare gun, which ignites all of the kerosene. <laughs> yeah. um, at this point, this is where Tom Steele is now the thing instead of uh, uh, what is it, Arness? Oh yeah, James Arness. James Arness. Um, and he. This is uh, a, apparently the first ever full body burn in Hollywood. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Like wow. they, they like they don't they don't know it for a fact. They just haven't found evidence of any previous ones. It's uh, it's really impressive. Yes, yes. So he is fully engulfed in flames and still Frankensteining around, going, <laughs> yeah. And so, of course, what you have to do then is just start flinging kerosene everywhere <laughs> around the room. Yeah. Oh my god. Like at like at any point when he isn't a rampaging fire, <laughs> just throw more more kerosene on him. Yes. Yes, even even if there are people, like if even if he is in the middle of attacking a person, fling kerosene on him so that everything is on fire. It's like it's like a pillow fight, but if the pillows were kerosene and everyone is on fire. <laughs> And apparently, it doesn't seem to occur to anyone that although it doesn't like the fire, it really isn't hurt at all. Yeah, it's fine. Eventually, they have flung around enough kerosene that the entire building is on fire with them inside of it, and it decides to get the fuck out. So it just jumps through a window, douses itself in snow, and leaves, and then they're like... I guess we should put out this fire. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we're it's just us in this in this inferno that we've created. Just, the whole fucking place is burning. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no one no one thought of that. Yeah, no one thought, hmm. <laughs> Maybe they, this is a great idea. <laughs> these guys are so fucking stupid. <laughs> It's a miracle that they've they've managed to survive in this place for any length of time. Oh my god, all of these guys are so wet behind the ears with kerosene. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so yeah, so this scene uh famously Tom Steele was the did the stunt for it. His um the the head looks really dumber than usual. It's a like hard plastic flame retardant helmet that he was wearing and his suit was pure <laughs> what is it shit 
Asbestos? Asbestos, yes. <laughs> He's wearing a pure asbestos suit. And there are mixed reports as to how he was breathing. Some reports say that there were tubes taped to his nose that led to a, uh, a hole in the chest of his outfit that let him breathe from outside, which seems unlikely because they were flinging fiery kerosene around and that would suck. He was completely engulfed in flames. Yeah. The other reports are that he would have a highly explosive and combustible uh, uh, tank of oxygen on the inside of his suit. That if anything had gone wrong, the entire inside of his lungs would be scorched and he would have been exploded. And then a third theory is is that they shredded asbestos into microparticles so he could inhale it into his lungs and protect himself. Yeah, from all that fire. (laughs) Just gave himself a nice asbestos coating in the lungs. Yeah, turns out Tom Steele exploded (laughs) in a giant tumor a week later. (laughs) Thank you, the 50s. But uh, it is it is an amazing scene. It is worth watching. The, even if you hate the entire movie, you have to go see this scene. It really, it, it really is pretty much the best burn scene. I mean, it, even now in movies, you can you can see like it, it's just so obvious that somebody's wearing a suit. I mean, this guy's wearing a suit anyway, but it's just he's so covered in fire that it, you just don't even care. Yep. Yeah, and he is really on fire. He is really on fire, as is the entire rest of the room that stunt people and actors are like hopping around trying not to get burnt. That must have been terrifying. (laughs) Yes. uh, Nobody died. I looked it up. No one died. But two of the actors were, in fact, burned. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's it is. It's amazing. It is. Holy shit. Amazing. I love that scene so much. (laughs) It's really, yeah, it's a centerpiece. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, afterwards, uh, the, they talk about, uh, the reporter Scotty says that did about as much good as a hot foot. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Um, Uh, and, uh, they go back to the planning. They're like, Oh, well that didn't work. Yeah. That what's next. Yep. Uh, they have this whole scene where uh, they're making fun of the reporter's hair for some reason. <laughs> That's right. And uh, then Nikki's like, your breath. <laughs> I know. He's like, wow, well, yeah. thanks for laying it on thick or whatever. Yeah, just like making fun of his breath. She's like, no, you two ninnies. It's cold because they're all like breathing out steam. And uh, it, it was a, it's a real good scene. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, everything in the movie is great because you're already in a good mood from that awesome fire scene. Oh, man. Totally riding that eye. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Then uh, it's they figure out that it's because it shut the heat off. It shut the the gas line. And they're like, oh, so it's smart enough to know that, you know, we need heat. And uh, so it's like shutting off our access to heat. They realize the only other place that they're going to get heat is electricity. So they decide to hole up in the generator room so that it can't, you know, shit on that. Yeah. And then the electrical guy, the the, the guy that's like their electrician or whatever, kind of, that's when he kind of, I think, was it he that suggests, because you had mentioned that it was Nikki, suggests that they use electricity to fry the thing. 
it, it was Nikki that came up with the idea of cooking vegetables. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the electrician guy like later says, Hey, you know, maybe we can use electricity and, and, and fry the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they devised this awesome, uh, Nikola Tesla style plan. That's right. Um, just sticking with the Frankenstein motif because there's lots of Frankenstein business going on in this. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, uh, so they developed this whole trap with like wire underneath the part in the dirty hallway floor and, setting up all kinds of stuff everywhere and it has to get in just the right spot, but then surely it'll work. Yeah. Um, yeah. At, at one point they get, they get another preachy uh, Dr. Carrington scene where he's like imploring them to save it. And you know, that they're there, they should all die to keep it up to make sure that it lives because it's more important than they are, which yeah. I thought was, I was like, yeah, okay, dude, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's a little much. <laughs> yeah, I think you just lost me on that one. Yeah. Um, they even like, as they're setting it up and getting ready, one of them is like, but I'm being serious now. What if it can read our minds? And the, the captain is like, well, then it'll get real mad when it gets to me. <laughs> It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it, it all, it, they, they get it all set up. It's all good to go. And then uh, they're waiting in the hallway. And then we see the door that they'd braced earlier, you know, put boards against it, nailed everything in place. And the thing opens the door <laughs> that they braced shut because the door opens outward. And outward. they braced it as if it opened inward. <laughs> That was so fucking epic. <laughs> he just walks up and opens the door. <laughs> and then there's, yeah, it's just like there's some wood in his way now. <laughs> he, he just kind of flicks it out of the way. Yeah, he grabs one. And he's like, oh, thanks for this huge weapon that I will now carry. Thanks for this tree trunk that I will wield. Yeah. Uh, it it proceeds. It proceeds to walk to them as slowly as possible. Oh yeah, he, he's definitely not in a hurry. Yeah, no, he is. He is shuffling like the laziest boy. And uh, at this point, all the lights go out because scientist evil man uh, turned off the generator. He's such a dick. <laughs> trying to save the thing from their evil scientism uh, ploy, uh, to which point they, like, you know, smash him and turn the electricity back on. <laughs> In the meantime, the thing has not progressed on his journey down yeah. the hallway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, and then the, the scientist runs out, and he uh, runs up to the thing and decides to give him a, a hurried speech. You know, I'm your friend. You're wiser than anything on Earth. I'm a scientist. Uh, let's let's do cool things together, bro. Um, at which uh, <laughs> the thing spends a few seconds going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Counterproposal, and then smashes the fuck out of him. <laughs> counter proposal knock you across the room yes <laughs> he then proceeds to walk so slow so slow and they're just like waiting yeah. for him to get to a spot uh he's even like not on the right part of the floor so they throw a pickaxe at his feet and, which he very fast and nimbly like skips past 
quite lithe. <laughs> yeah, lithe and dainty. It's a very strange shot. Woo! That's <laughs> <laughs> he's amazing. It's like wow. <laughs> it just used all its energy. <laughs> yep. Uh, it then gets on the. It gets to the right point. They turn on all of the electricity. We get good old school lightning arcs coming from nowhere off the screen. Yeah. And they zap it for, for fucking ever. Uh, yeah, for like two minutes or so. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we need to eat up time. <laughs> and, it must uh, have smelled so good. Oh, God, yeah. And then they, they do this thing where they like cut away and they cut back to it. And now instead of it being a giant, it's a normal human size. And then they cut back to it again. And now it's uh, midget size. And they actually had two you know dudes dressed up in like, equitable you know makeup and outfit so that they could just do that it was really cool that's fantastic and then they just keep zapping it until it shrinks into a little puddle of dust (laughs) it's just this black blob yep like a splotch on the floor yep smoking yep (laughs) yeah yep smoking and then uh they say like something to the reporter about hey now you can go get your shot to which he faints he goes (laughs) out takes his glove off with his teeth like they always do and then goes (laughs) and passes out yeah yeah has an entire timber scene (laughs) Um, yeah real good suddenly he's a complete wuss yes yep Yeah, that was strange. I didn't get that part. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was good. He was I don't know. It's so I don't weird. Know. He's a uh, yeah, so they've burnt everything. Um, oh yeah, they also they also decide to burn the uh, the um, all the pods like all the, the, gr- pods, all the greenhouse, yeah. um, the arm, yeah. yeah. Everything everything gets burnt. Which that is the point at which I feel like. Look, you're at a remote outpost all the way up in the middle of nowhere. If there was ever a place to, you know, study these like crazy little things when they're still gross little plants, this would obviously be the best place for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, let's burn it all. <laughs> yeah. It, it killed my two friends, the scientists. Let's murder everything it's ever touched. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, and, and then the the other air air forcemen um is talking about it they're talking about how good everything is and they're like wow that was hard for me and i've only got one thing on my mind the captain over here <laughs> it's like they get back to ripping him yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> problem solved let's go fuck with the captain. <laughs> yeah. oh my god <laughs> and uh Scotty, Scotty comes to and he's got his story. They get on the radio and he proceeds to uh, close out the movie with this whole thing, uh, praising the bravery, uh, valor and quick decision making of the United States military service persons. Oh, my God. It's so stupid. There's that (laughs) whole like analogy with the Noah analogy. Yeah, they threw Noah in there. Like, where are you going with this, dude? Yeah, Uh, they even they even talk about the fact that he wish he could uh, bring him up to the microphone right now. But I'm sorry, he's too busy getting fucked. (laughs) That's right. He's too busy getting a Hummer from Nikki. Yeah. (laughs) 
and uh it is it is a fairly effective scene because he he ends it with this great little thing about keep watching the skies that's right watch the skies everywhere yeah 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 it's a real it's a it's a good final line solid final line in a very weird final speech yeah yeah and that's it that did credits roll yep yep this this movie's incredible once it gets going yeah, yeah, I, it, yeah. It does drag a little bit at points, but fortunately, its overall runtime's pretty short, and the and it its high points are so much fun. Yeah, that uh, that for me that that fire scene is just one of the best things I've ever seen. It really is just complete chaos. <laughs> I've I've found full length gifs of it, so I could just watch it on repeat. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Here's an idea. Let's put a bunch of people in a wooden room, yeah. pour kerosene everywhere, and light the entire room on yeah. fire. Yeah, just have them fling it around like they're splashing around in a swimming pool. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so glad that Hollywood is a safer place now because that is just terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Woo. So, uh, so final notes on this movie. Um, I, I gave it a 4.0 out of five. Um, yeah, it, it had its flaws. It is definitely some, some problems with it based on the era of movie making. And, you know, we've learned a lot since then about society and humanity and making movies well. Uh, but uh, overall it's, it's incredible. It's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and it definitely had a huge impact on the genre as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would give it a four as well. I, um, it, you know, it's funny because when, when Carpenter made his version of the thing, my dad rushed out to go see it because, uh, he liked the original so much. And I remember the next time I saw him, he was like, yeah, I went and saw that, uh, John, John Carpenter version of the thing. I was like, oh, yeah, is that the remake? Or he's like, yeah, yeah, I went and saw that's in the theater. It was fucking terrible. Oh, God. I'm like, really? He's, yeah, it was just disgusting. I mean, they show you everything, all the gross effects. That's what was so good about the first movie is that they just, they didn't show you that much. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hmm, that's exactly what I hate about the first movie. Yeah. (laughs) That and all the awkward dialogue and, and the practical effects in the thing. Now, to be fair, that film was panned when it came out. It was universally hated by the critics. Oh, John Carpenter's? Carpenter's thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They they called it obscene. It was just, yeah, everyone thought it was a piece of shit. Yeah. And and then, of course, with you know VHS releases and, and over time, people realize, oh, wait a minute. It's one of the best horror films ever made. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. That is that movie. Like, that's what I, I have. Big thanks for this movie for being the precursor to John Carpenter's The Thing, because John Carpenter's The Thing is the uh, is the benchmark by which I grade any other masterpiece. Oh, yeah. It's fucking great. Yeah. I'm sure we'll cover it at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it it there there has since been a uh prequel of sorts that was spawned that uh had had at the time before it was released showed a lot of promise because they had done a whole Kickstarter campaign where they were gonna do all practical effects. You know, this was gonna be a, a real tribute, you know, to the glory days of of the original. 
or at least the original Carpenter film. Mm-hmm. And it was going to kind of operate as a prequel. So it would tie into the original story and so on and so forth. And then when the movie came out, it was, they, they ended up utilizing a, a relatively large number of CGI effects for the film. Yeah. Um, even though they had already shot practical scenes, uh, I guess whoever the produce, you know, the production company was, or whoever was funding the project, because apparently it wasn't Kickstarter, <laughs> um, uh, was not was not down with the practical effects. And the to be fair, the the there are some great effects in that movie, mm-hmm. um, but overall, it's a piece of shit. Yeah, it's it's. I, I enjoy that movie. It's I wouldn't say it's a piece of, a piece of shit, but I would say that it is really not up to what it was trying to be. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, I do enjoy it. I've watched it several times. Yeah, so that, that piece that's, of shit I hate. Yeah, Watch it again. Sh- as we've said about horror films, uh, you know, it could be a raging piece of shit, and it's probably not going to stop me from watching it numerous times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll watch it. I'll watch that one, you know, just maybe just just to see the effects again or just to, you know, kind of amuse myself and see how it ties in with the, you know, as a prequel, because it does work somewhat as a prequel. Yeah, I mean, it, absolutely. You know, it, it it and it's it works out OK. And overall, these these movies really starting with the original thing on through, you know, spawn this whole kind of Arctic <laughs> horror alien genre. Um, with like movies like Harbinger Down and um, there's there's I'm trying to think there's been a whole bunch of other ones that have obviously riffed on it pretty heavily. Well, don't say too many names because I have to announce what movie we're going to watch next pretty soon here. Nice. I won't yeah. say anymore. But yeah. So I would uh, I would highly recommend checking out this movie if you're a horror film fan and, and for whatever reason you haven't seen it. This is an absolute must. And uh, if you're a sci-fi fan, same. And um, if you're just a film fan, you know, it's it's uh, it's definitely a piece of American film history. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. I, I will. I would like to contribute that my ideal sequel for this movie mm-hmm. would occur the instant this movie ended and act as a bridge between this movie and that prequel, not John Carpenter's The Thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is actually the same flying saucer and everything. And it's just, oops, we forgot that the dogs are infected and it kills all of them. And it turns out their message didn't get out. And it's amazing. That's that what I be, want. That would be amazing. Yeah. I think, I think, I don't know how much this movie probably laid the, 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 the hand seeds to kind of, to set up, you know, the, the Carpenter film, which kind of, Gabe put this idea in my head, you know, over the years, as far as like horror films that there's, there's two different, there, there, one of the things that these movies do that I really like is when you have a group of characters set up in this, like, you know, like weird location where, you know, their, their ability to protect themselves is very limited. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the reason why Carpenter's film is so great is because of the paranoia and the, isolation. you never know. Yeah. This isolation. And so along with that, like I've developed this interest in like ocean horror films, but so many of them are terrible. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I, I keep waiting for somebody to make that deep sea horror masterpiece that taps into that same sense of isolation and, 
you know, that's like my fantasy that somebody will make that movie one day. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that's, that's going to be true for like a lot of things. Like I personally, I always want to see a good Sasquatch horror movie and they yeah. just don't exist. <laughs> They really don't. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, I hope this will be the one where it's a Sasquatch movie and it's just real good. But no, it's not. <laughs> Didn't Bobcat Goldthwait make one that's supposed to be pretty interesting? Oh, God. I don't know. What a great setup for a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a comedy. He, you know, because he's actually a serious filmmaker now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, I forget what it's called, but it's it's supposed to be very strange, but kind of interesting. I don't know. Um. I don't know. I'll have to. I'll have to look into that because that sounds uh, amazing. There's also um, what's his name, John Gass or whatever. The other half of Tenacious D made a uh, like demon in the apartment horror movie. That's pretty oh, Kyle Gass. Yeah, Kyle Gass. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I love <laughs> the weird random comedian people doing yeah. awesome horror movies. And speaking, I mean, like to be fair, the the. <laughs> The Bigfoot episode, or whatever the fuck it was, of the Six Million Dollar Man is pretty choice. Oh God, I have not seen that. It's so creepy that <laughs> that monster freaked me out when I was a kid. And and then um, also, let's not discount Harry and the Hendersons. Oh yeah, that possibly the best Sasquatch movie. <laughs> Although, if you haven't seen it yet, I'm going to go ahead and make a recommendation. There is a three-part uh, uh, series, documentary series on Hulu called Sasquatch. And it is uh, a true crime documentary about a time that Sasquatch killed three people. Really? Yeah. And it is awesome. Is it really? Oh, I'm going to watch that. That's, yeah. That sounds hilarious. It is hilarious. I never thought that I would actually have... Um, develop my favorite Sasquatch hunters, like someone that like, if I had to choose my favorite Sasquatch hunters, it would be this guy. But that move that, that documentary introduces you to this, this couple that are, they're both Sasquatch hunters and they are now my favorite. Like if, if there is a Sasquatch hunter I'm rooting for, it's them. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. (laughs) Yep. Um, did you see the terror? Uh, did I see the terror? I think I did remind me. Of it's what the, it is? It's the series of uh, uh it's based on Dan oh, Simmons's no. book, uh The Terror. And yeah. it's it's the uh the two ships that tried to traverse um all of the fucking shit that's up above Canada trying to get from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Yeah. And they got stuck and everything went to hell. I, I no, I've eyeballed that several times and have meant to watch it, but I've never watched it. Okay. It's not quite going to be your deep sea thing that you're wanting, but it right. is a little nautical. And I know that you like the, uh, the uh, Melville esque things going on. And it's, it's a little bit of that in there. Yeah. That I kind of, that's part of the, what I was picking up from that, which is what, part of the reason why I th- thought it looked interesting. It's a cool story. So I, I definitely need to watch that as well. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Anyway, so that's us talking. That's me saying the names of other things. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So we gave it, I guess we gave it in uh, the movie, back to the movie, we gave it yeah. an eight out of 10. Eight out of 10, four from each of us. Yeah. Definitely go watch it. It's a heavy recommend. Um, and then I guess I, if unless there's something else you'd like to say, I can mention what we're going to watch next time. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So next time I've chosen Nick Shostakovsky's Black Mountain Side. 
Wow, I have no idea what this is. This is a 2014 independent horror film with no budget, um, and it is set in like the super unpopulated north of Canada, although their actual set is just like some campsite. <laughs> um, and there is there is uh, two special effects in the entire film. There's like no budget whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, two special effects. Uh, one real hokey looking deer puppet, mm-hmm. and uh, it's pretty great. I mean, it, it's 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 not a masterpiece, but it's it's very enjoyable, and it plays with these things. It's you know, there are some uh hard to decipher between one another white men, uh, and and other people that you can decipher are there, uh, but it does make it hard to tell how many of them there are, and they're all in this like northern place. Uh, snow isolation and then something horror happens and paranoia sets in. Sounds perfect. It's, it's part of the list of movies that I've been building of not John Carpenter's the thing, like any movie that is like John Carpenter's the thing, but it's not that. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's this, this one is on there along with um, like you mentioned, Harbinger down um, uh, the movie. We just watched the thing from another world is on there that, other the thing prequel and um i also count the void as one of those i was i was gonna say the void is is actually kind of right there with it with uh with those for me too yeah if you if you replace the north pole with a country hospital it's the yeah. it's right there oh, the void is the fucking tits yeah it's really amazing <laughs> yeah i love that movie yeah but uh, after watching this i was like oh black mountainside it's got so many of the same elements it has a uh, a uh, similar style where it's like instead of showing you the cool thing that they're looking at, they just look at it and describe what they're looking at and you don't get to see it. Nice. But you know, like 60 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's widely available. Go watch it before our next episode comes out and enjoy. Don't, don't go in with too big expectations. It is low budget, but they spent that budget well on, some practical effects and production value. So even though it's an independent movie, the, the screen that you're looking at, like the pictures look high grade. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, and real quick, calling back to uh, the empty man that, you know, from the previous episode, we, I think we had mentioned his, his short film that he had put out a few years prior, uh, AM 1200. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would recommend going and checking that out. They have it on YouTube so you can see it for free. The version I saw, the, the fidelity of the the image was pretty bad, but it, it it's okay. The movies kick ass. Yeah, the movies the movies awesome, and it's it's definitely you can you can really see from that that when he made the Empty Man, he like blew his entire wad. Yeah, he's like yeah. All, all of the ideas that I've ever had. Uh, like I made this short film. I'm gonna put all those ideas in here. Oh, let's see what else. Oh, that short story I wrote. I'm gonna put that idea in here. All my ideas in this one movie. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Also, it, you realize how bleak this dude's outlook on things are, is. Oh yeah, yeah. His he's all about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Yep. yep. Yeah. Pretty- he gives great interviews too. If you look any of those up. Yeah, yeah. You can you can hear how uh, uh, smarmy he is about uh, how un 
well the movie was marketed and produced. <laughs> that's, that's right. He's not bitter at all. Yeah. And I was I was glad to learn that uh, I was right about why the movie is that long. They're basically like, fine, you can do your director's cut. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. <laughs> Apparently the the cut that the studio tried to put together was shit. <laughs> yeah, it, it screened even worse than the cut that the that uh, he had that they had forced him to put out in front of a test audience. Yeah, that and that's really the type of praise you want. It was even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess yours yours is slightly better than this terrible version. Yes. Let's put it out. Yeah, so so go find his interview on uh, on a different podcast where you get to hear him uh referred to movie screeners as high school dropouts. It's fantastic. <laughs> And while you're at it, go ahead and find us all over the internet, uh, like on Twitter, where we are at Loathsome Pod, Facebook, where we are at Loathsome Podcast, and you can send us an email at uh, loathsomethings at gmail.com. Absolutely. Get in touch. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Horror suggestions, thoughts, insults. Bring it on. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us why we're dumb. We need to yeah, know. We do. Yeah. And uh, until next time, this has been Loathsome Things. Go out there, watch horror movies, and enjoy. That's right. Bye. Bye.